Unknown at this point. I, I will monitor closely. Monitor closely. Okay. Welcome to the Financial Independence Garage, where we share the tools to improve your finances and unfold the roadmap to financial independence. We are back again after a colossal technical failure. Big technical failure. Whenever we have a technical failure, we kind of get demotivated. We totally get demotivated. Yeah. Every time the technology blows up, we stop doing stuff. Yeah. Well, we do have some of that to talk about in this episode about where things are going with the FI Garage. So we'll get to that after we get our beer going. What right. do we got? What do we got to count? This one's a, this one's a special one. This is very special. So I brought this back from my travels to Antarctica. This is the Beagle IPA from Aswaya. Aswaya. Aswaya, the southernmost city in uh, Argentina. Is that where you boarded your luxury liner? That's where we boated our boarded our boat down. So this is not from the Beagle Pub. No, this is not from the Beagle Pub. That in would explain why I couldn't get any at the Penco. Yes, that's yeah. correct. Yeah, yeah. So it's uh, La Cerveza de la Terra del Fuego. It's right near the park of Terra del Fuego. And I would absolutely read you guys the explanation on the side of the can, but my Spanish sucks. Well, so... give, give her the old college try. Oh, are you gonna, the, the mechanics <laughs> going to do some Spanish over here? You must have taken Spanish. Oh my goodness! I need some more light. On uh, DC 826, el barco HMS Beagle de 200. Okay, never mind. <laughs> that's a, <laughs> that lot, of, that's a lot better yeah. than I was expecting. Yeah. There's I'm a lot of reading you. to go on there. The, well, basically, it says there's a ship with cargo. And oh, I'd have to read this. Captain Fitzroy. Hey, let's open it and drink it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you need to get me the bottle opener. <laughs> oh, Roger. Um, this uh, beer is named after the Beagle Channel. Okay. Which, uh, Wasn't the Beagle a ship? Or no, it's the channel. It, it's the channel down there. Okay. Yeah, the, the town is on. Fair so, um, yeah, sadly, I only brought back one 335 mil bottle of That's this. There's so, not a lot of beer. Uh, there's not a lot of beer on this one to go around, but I did smuggle it home in a suitcase, so you're welcome. Yeah, thank you for that. And we will have a sponsored beer that's currently getting chilled. So that'll yeah. come out shortly. Yeah, that's right. So, what's been going on? It's been a while, gentlemen. Has the, it the been wor- the world? The world has changed a lot did, in the last month and a half. Well, did, have we even done one this year? That is not 112. I'm milliliters. working on it. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. You're you've already had this, so we need to taste it. That's good. That's good. Just give me hard time. That's dark, eh? Yeah, it's very dark. It's. I drank a lot of these on the boat. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Is your favorite? This this was the best of the beagles. What's right. the price for a beer like this down there? Like a bottle of beer in that area? Uh, on the boat. Not no. re- not very reasonable, <laughs> not but in town, like yeah. a buck. Oh, yeah, that's not bad. Buck yeah. a beer? Yeah. yeah. Cheers. Yeah. Cheers, boys. Cheers. Oh, well, Happy I'll drink at once. Oh, I was <laughs> about to like all that. drink at once, too. <laughs> okay, I'll wait. You guys drink. Uh, yeah, so it's been, my goodness, I can't even remember when we failed at that recording, but mm-hmm. I went to try and edit it, and we were missing the whole middle section, and we talked a lot about redoing that, but, uh, you know, maybe we'll just have to revisit the whole topic, which we were going to talk about buying a job, which I thought it was oh, actually yeah. a pretty good recording. It was but a great, it was probably the was best might, episode we've ever it, recorded. It might have been the best ever, yeah, yeah. top course. three for sure. Yeah, <laughs> top, at least top three. <laughs> but alas, here we are, and honestly, for me personally, I found that now that we're emerging from the shit show that was the last two years of COVID, things are busier than ever. You want to do stuff? 
Well, I don't know. It's not that I want to do stuff. Right. It's that I have a lot of obligations all of a sudden. Okay. I kind of miss well, staying at home, podcasting. You decided and- <laughs> to work again. That was a big mistake. <laughs> well, okay. So, there you go. Well, there's yeah. one of the problems, right, is I've gone – well, I'm still doing the Coast 5 program. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm, I'm on a sort of part-time schedule. But interestingly enough, you know, you plan out your investments and then things change. So, you need to change your plan. Right. And this is a perfect example of whatever's out there. I saw a post the other day. Person's like, oh, I'm going to do this, 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 and this, and everything's going to work out. I'm like, be prepared to change that plan at a moment's notice. So you're saying you weren't too conservative. I was not too conservative. <laughs> <laughs> you are correct. I was not too conservative. But, you know, we talked about it on the show before. Is like, you can have cash flow that gets you to FI. Well, maybe it shouldn't be FI. You can have cash flow that gets you to slowing down your work schedule. Yeah. But you need to be able to ramp that back up or willing to ramp that back up as your cash flow needs dictate that, whether they as they are going to fluctuate as well, right? Yeah. So, I mean, that's what kicked my ass basically in the last month and a half. And then, well, the market hasn't been all that awesome, but it's irrelevant because Mm -hmm. I'm not withdrawing any of that. So, that it doesn't matter. It's just something fun to write. Not a whole bunch of dividend cuts. No. No, that's been it's been good in some sectors, and yeah. I mean, TSX has been on a bit of a, a run for yeah, it's yeah. been a run for a while. So yeah, everybody yeah. with a home bias is going like, yeah. I told you, home bias was the right <laughs> yeah, thing. Home bias was great. <laughs> okay, I get to taste my beer. You get to drink. Oh, you haven't had any? It's no, pretty good. It is pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a it's a pretty tasty IPA. I don't think anybody will be able to get their hands on it's it. It's definitely but. not a West Coast IPA. No, it's more like a British style. Yeah, 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 or Boston Lager IPA. But Bo- Boston, what who? Who makes the Boston Lager? Sam, Sam Phillips IPA. Sam Phillips. <laughs> Samuel <laughs> Adams. Same guy. <laughs> it's not the same guy. <laughs> Who's Sam Phillips? I don't know. <laughs> exactly. Same guy. Changed his name. <laughs> a ton, a ton of bittering hops in there. A lot of bittering. And also, like with the color, the darkness of it, get I get a ton of like, almost like burnt toffee, like a really mm-hmm. toffee, toffee flavor yeah. to it. Yeah, I think there's a decent amount of like caramel malts in there. Mm-hmm. Are we going to transition the show just to be a brewing show? Well, apparently and some of our listeners show? completely skipped through this section. Right. <laughs> I didn't think we were that much more useful after this section <laughs> no. either. No, so. I didn't either. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're here to drink beer. Yeah. First and foremost. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But let's, uh, so accountant, how's things been going for you for the last couple months? Well, I uh, quit my job, is it wasn't a month ago? <laughs> no, this is good. I want to see where this goes because yeah. I don't want to call bullshit just yet, but Well, I quit my nine to five. Yeah, okay. Fair, me too. Yeah. But now I work for me. <laughs> yeah. Uh and I work a lot more than I used to, actually. <laughs> but I actually enjoy my work right now, so I don't really care. Yeah. So that whole thing of like I'm gonna stop work and never make money again is complete BS. Yeah. Well, this is remember I dropped that little teaser in the episode that we never well, it was the one we released because somebody commented another lady oh, okay. commented on the show is because i said fire's bullshit it is and it is yeah so i i'm just taking like contracts now and i like i work for myself and i'll take contracts and do work for people when they ask and like i had some people approach me to work for tax season and help kind of during busy season and so that's what i'm doing until the end of april and then i have no idea what i'm gonna do after that okay so fire's bullshit and when did you start being an accountant like originally yeah uh, like how many years ago? 10. So would you say you did this 10 years too late? No, I wouldn't say I did it 10 years too late because I needed a breadth of experience and like different situations. And so just like four years too late. Probably yeah. somewhere in there. Yeah. Yeah. 
So you were too conservative. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> I'm an accountant. Of course I was too conservative. <laughs> so you've, you've failed at quitting several times now, and they're on record on the show. I'm the worst quitter ever. <laughs> yes, you're a terrible yeah. quitter, which yeah. in a lot of circles is a, a very good character trait to have. Yeah. But not in the fire space, which is why fire is bullshit for us. Well, but as much as it is, like, I'm working a bunch right now, but last Wednesday I just went skiing. Yeah. Like, I didn't. I just decided I wasn't going to go to work the night before and went skiing with a buddy and like I'll I'll leave midday to go for rides or dog walks or whatever I want. I just work on my own schedule now. Yeah. yeah. So the whole the only thing I ever wanted was complete control over my time, which yeah. I have achieved. Yeah. Well, that's one of the main things that you want is the autonomy, right? Yeah. Right? So that's like the three things that you want is mastery, autonomy, and what's the other one? Come on, skill test special no boys. Mastery. <laughs> you don't actually need mastery. <laughs> no, for fulfillment you do. Oh yeah, yeah like to yeah, enjoy yeah. what right. you're doing, right? Yeah. But no, I think it just goes to show because it's the same kind of thing though. Is like I'm not actually going back to the job I was doing before. I I am purposely trying to do other things and find that kind of balance, that niche where I want to do something yeah. that I enjoy doing, right? Like I've had some repair projects at home that I've been working on. I've been doing some projects at people's houses. I've been doing some aviation stuff. Fixing my boat. Fixing the accountant's <laughs> boat. I was woefully underpaid for that, but <laughs> friends do things for friends, of right. course. Yeah. Uh, it was good to have an, oh, can you bring beer to the boat next time we go work down there? Oh my God. <laughs> He just kept complaining that I didn't bring beer to the boat. And I was like, there's beers on the boat. I keep emergency beers there's on emergency the boat. Beer. Do you want a beer? And he just kept saying, no. Well, then why are you continually <laughs> chirping me about not bringing beer to that, the boat? There is beer on the boat. He wasn't going to have one with me. Oh, that's the problem. Then it's like, yeah. that, it was rude. It would have yeah, been rude. It would have. Yeah. It's oh, okay. I, I just wanted to bring it up because I know it gets you. <laughs> I, was gonna, I, I was on your side. But yeah. then you wouldn't have one with him. And I'm yeah. like, no, that's unreasonable. <laughs> Judge Economist says. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's been it's been interesting in that sense. But it's it's one of those things like you you and I, accountant, we're talking about a little bit is it's easy to ramp up too much. Yes. It's hard to find that balance of like, okay, I want to do 20 hours or 30 hours a week or, or whatever it is. Two and a half a day. That's yeah. the number. Is that it? It is. Not, no. Okay. See, I completely disagree. I think it's work like a lion. No, you think that now because that's your plan. <laughs> <laughs> but when you get three months into your time off, you're going to be like, yeah, I'll take that job. He hasn't even done his three months of time off. I know. But <laughs> that's because I suck at quitting. <laughs> when, when it happens, he's going to be like, no, I'm going to take the job. And I'm just saying just do like a couple hours a day. Just feel productive. And then do what you want to do with the rest of the day. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. So you're saying earn money for two and a half hours a day. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because I mean, you could be productive doing a lot of things. True. Right. True. But like whatever your vocation is or however yeah. you are you, earning money. You know what? I don't even mind if you don't earn money. Yeah. Just, just get that productivity into your day. Okay. Oh, I agree with yeah. that, that and you need to be productive for at least fulfilled. a couple hours a yeah. day. Now that can be what? Like doesn't have chores to. around the house, yeah, gardening, renos. Yeah. Whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I kind of fit that into my whole day. Right. Like it's, yeah. but yeah, I, I've definitely found it like the work that I'm doing right now, I have to commute. Right. And it's, so it's a killer. Yeah. That, I mean, it's only you, half an hour. I'm you, not complaining about it. But right. But you're not going to commute and just do two and a half hours a day. Well, exactly. Yeah. But I mean, like it's at that point, like the accountant's like, well, you, why wouldn't you just go and work for 12 then? Right. Right. Like crush it out. Well, cause he's on this. He's got this pie in the sky idea in his head about what the best thing to do is. 
Okay, Economist, what have you been up to? Uh, same, same, same. No change. No change? No. I didn't. You guys said don't quit, so I didn't. Oh, good yeah, plan. Yeah. Huh. Don't <laughs> you, quit unless you're going to quit. You said I'm going to have no job in three years. Might as well stick it out. So I did. So same trajectory, more yeah. or less? Yeah, more or less. Two not, and a half a day or what? Not very exciting. Trying really hard. <laughs> <laughs> Trying really hard for two and a half a day, three days a week. Nice. That's, yeah, that's yeah. a nice. That's real yeah. good. So I guess that has changed. Yeah. Working less. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's all good. Um, so markets have been volatile. We won't get into global macroeconomics and politics and all the rest of it, but you guys. Before we talk about markets. Yeah. Okay. I think we need a beer. Yeah. Oh, do you think they're cold enough yet? Uh, I sure hope so. All right. Well, I guess their taster beer is pretty close to done here, isn't it? <laughs> it's a it's a mouthful of beer. Yeah. It's uh... if I was on a ship destined for Antarctica, I would definitely drink it. If it was on the shelf here, not sure it'd be my probably first pick. pass it over, right? Yeah. It's a fun bottle, though. Are you going to keep it? It is a fun bottle. Yeah, Let, probably let's, will. Let's uh, have a gander. All right. Oh, you got a uh, canoe person. <laughs> <laughs> and a ship. Okay, go get and, the go get the beers you brought. Bunch of Spanish. You want me to get it? No, oh, you, you brought the Do beers. Do you want the IPA or the dark IPA first? Oh, dark IPA. Ooh. Dark, yeah, dark is, IPA Is that going to be better with... I'm hoping the IPA is better than the dark IPA, so I want to finish on a high and note. And the dark will probably be better warmer, right? It's not going to be good either way. But <laughs> I'm not a fan of dark IPA. I'm IPAs. not liking the way this is going already. <laughs> okay, let's talk about what's going on with the show while The Economist is here, not here to... Not here to yeah. say anything about it. So, accountant, you and I have been talking because we've been brewing beer together. We haven't seen The Economist much because he's been busy. And that's, I think, one of the things, the underlying thing is we've all been busy again with like real life stuff. Yeah. And not to make excuses, we do love doing this, but I think we're just going to kind of uh, keep to a very loose, flexible schedule. We really, we tried hard to get it, you know, what were we doing? We're trying to get two in a month or every two weeks. Yeah, that that didn't work. That's just not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. Well, you know the problem. Yeah. We don't like recording a lot during the summer. True. We don't like recording a lot during the curling season. True. And, you know, those are two They're- seasons. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's pretty much the whole year. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, that's the thing, right? I mean, playing two or three times a night or a week curling. Yeah. And then with other obligations. Like, now, it feels like there's a lot other of other obligations that have now come back into life. Yeah. Yes. Right? That, that shorten the week a lot. And for three of us to find to get together for a weeknight to do a yeah. recording is tough. So anyway, listeners, we do appreciate you. We are going to stay around, but I apo- we apologize for not keeping up with our regular scheduled programming <laughs> that we were never really that good with out of the first place. No, and there yeah. will be no regular scheduled programming going forward. Right. No, and I think too is we've talked as well between us off air about our sort of topic selection and what we like talking about and things like that. And, you know, we've done like 60 episodes, boys. We've covered a lot of content over the years, right? It's like two and a half years now. Wow, really? Getting, getting close. It was September a couple couple years yeah. ago. So, How long until we're supposed to get good? <laughs> oh, we're good. <laughs> it's not a question of whether we're not good or not. Yeah. <laughs> but question of motivation. Yeah, it, it's lacking. It, it's a motivation thing, but it's also a, a subject matter thing. Right. And, and there's a ton of there's a ton of good podcasts out there. And one, I don't know, I've sent it to you guys a couple of times. I don't know if you've been listening to it, but... There's one, uh, there's three guys out of Vancouver doing it, 
who I feel like they're direct competition, but they don't drink beer. So they're not even in the same no, genre, no, genre no. as us, right? So Get but it it's, together. It's um, the, the Looney Hour podcast. So listeners, I've, I personally have been listening to it and I really enjoy their show. For me, they get into a lot more of sort of macro. The details of Looney Tunes? <laughs> <laughs> well, they talk in character voices. Oh, perfect. Do they? You guys would have listened <laughs> if I told you that. <laughs> yes. No, they, they deal with mostly Canadian subject matter, which is nice, but they also look at it from a, the impact of a global scale. And with what's going on with current events, and I really enjoy their content. So, listeners, if you're looking for a new podcast, it's uh, the Looney Hour. As far as our content goes, you know, we started off as the FI Garage because we were all on our, you know, way to FI. And as any listener that knows that's been at the beginning of that journey or sort of the starting phase of it, it's super exciting. Yeah. And how excited are you now, account? Couldn't care less. <laughs> well, now that's not fair. No, it's not because you're basically fired. Yeah. No, no, but that's what I like. It's kind of like the video playing the video game you've already beaten. Right. Like yeah. you're on to new and different things. Yeah. Yeah. It it's an interesting transition. I think this is one of the things where people, you know, you get into it and you start really, really hard and you're digging for all the content that you want and everything you can digest and get yourself in the right direction. And we have some of that content in our early shows. Absolutely. I mean, we weren't that good back then, but we no. have that content, yeah. right? And now I I just, I, I totally respect all the bloggers and podcasters in Canada that can go over the same content over and over and over and somehow keep making it interesting. And tune in, in next week for yeah. our show on <laughs> <laughs> on inflation. And yeah. it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm personally just not interested in doing that. Yeah. And I know you guys aren't either, right? If we're going to sit together and have a beer and, and BS, like we're supposed to be doing in the garage, let's talk about things that are impacting our lives and right. things that are interesting to us. So that's kind of just for the listeners to understand where the show is going in its infrequent schedule going forward. Yeah. So still five related fire is bullshit, but we're going to talk money, investing and beers. Correct. Speaking of beers, yes. Thanks to Dustin from Saskatchewan, Saski Dustin. Thank you for this uh, Black Ales in the Sunset Riot Brewing Company IPA. Is this Black actually, IPA? Is it from? Where's Riot from? No, Riot's on the island, isn't it? Yeah, yes. you, can't, you can't get Saskatchewan beers. Sorry, in Saskatchewan the, in Victoria. Unfortunately, they're in Shamanus, I believe. They're they on are Oak Street in Shamanus. Yes, uh, and. The little blurb here says, can you believe it's been five years? We can't either. So we crafted this black IPA to capture how we feel. (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't Uh, seem like they're feeling that good. Like the sunset. Yeah. Black is like a sunset. This beer symbolizes the end of one cycle and the start of a new one. Take a deep breath, reflect on the day that has passed and admire the mysterious and dark future before you. Did you have like, Pre-essence, did you pick this beer on purpose for the show? No. <laughs> no. It's like almost written for Right? It. Yeah. Exactly. Cheers, boys. That's she she's a dark one. Yeah, she's uh a dark real sunset. dark. Oh, we did that where we all fucking <laughs> drink again. Jesus. I I think the problem I have with dark IPAs is it's not an IPA. It and it's also not a dark beer. Figure out what you want to be. It's not even a Rudy. Like, it's, it's not as good as a Rudy. It's no, as as Rudy's, a Rudy, yeah. yeah, Rudy's way better. I, I think yeah. what I find just, is... Just for our listeners. Okay. Yeah. yeah go mix uh, Hoyne Pilsner and... Uh, wrong. 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 Oh, wrong. Sorry. Fail. Sorry, Hoyne Dark Matter. Is it Hoyne Dark yeah, Matter? Dark Hoyne Matter. Dark Matter 
and a driftwood tug. fat tug 50 50 and you yeah. make the rudy and it's delicious yeah it is. yeah well and you know why that works because because the, the hoin dark matter isn't doesn't have this dark burnt flavor that right. this one does right yeah, so yeah it's, it's a fairly smooth it's a, like a dark lager which is fairly smooth yeah and the fat tug has like punch you in the face hops so when they go together it's basically just you've made your fat tug a little darker looking Whereas this yeah. is well, like, and, and you've added mellowed a nice, it a bit. Yeah, yeah, you've mellowed it and yeah. made a nice flavor profile. But don't you get like the burnt toasty? Definitely. Like, which is fine in a, in like a, you know, a stout that you want to have that in. But it, to me, it kills the hops. Yeah, it does. Cause you don't, it, there's no more hops in this than there is in the Beagle IPA. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah. we love having a beer bought for us. So we appreciate that. Yeah, we thanks, do like Justin. that. Thanks, uh, did he give you any topic or show discussion notes? No. Yeah. Uh, no. Well, I've got a Saskatoon or Saskatchewan story. Oh, let's hear it. <laughs> oh, this, the never-ending story? <laughs> no, it's all common knowledge now, so it's no big deal. But uh, it's still fun. Yeah. When when I was trying to remember, what was the last update on that? I mean, I don't. I think we did an update in the last episode. I think we did. Fairly too, yeah. Oh, we did do an update yeah. in the last episode. Yeah. So. That's it, what made it one of the top three. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Well, basically, uh, with Epic being bankrupt, and then I hopefully there'll be some forensic accounting going on, looking into the books there. And, and oh, I'm guarantee you, they both fled the country. I wouldn't put it past them. You run a Ponzi scheme. You probably don't want to so, stay in the country. Okay, so uh, let's, let's, why, why don't you tell the listeners what's going on? No, no, let, no. Well, let's not go too far into that. I okay. just want to come back to this whole Ponzi scheme thing. Well, right? first, because, let's tell the listeners what's going on. They, they were a, a real estate. Well, everybody in, knows what happened. Everybody that listens to the show knows what, what happened. It was their first episode. <laughs> go back three episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Don't start. Who starts a podcast at the latest? Episode? Well, maybe they do. But yeah, yeah. go back three episodes people. if you need the backstory. <laughs> but no, the, the thing is, is, okay, so I've defended it in the sense that I don't think it started as a Ponzi scheme. And I don't think a lot of things do start that but way. Ponzi schemes never start as Ponzi well, schemes. Okay, they turn into Ponzi that's, schemes. Okay, fair. I will agree with that. But that's my point, right? Is like, but people come out and they're they attack right away and go like, "Oh my god, that's been the biggest Ponzi scheme forever." And you're like, "Well, I don't think that's how it started." And it eventually gets to that point, no doubt, no question. And then it's just a shit show, and all you, in retrospect, look back on is going, "Oh, that whole thing was a Ponzi scheme." Yes. Well, which, I mean, which is kind of wrong, but you know, I'm not trying to defend. No, it's anything. not wrong. It was a Ponzi scheme. Like that's. But what isn't that isn't called that? There's a lot of things that are like that that aren't called that. It's like give me an example of one thing that is like that but isn't a Ponzi scheme. The it's only way to continue way. operating the business is by bringing in new money and selling new projects to find fund old expenses. And so, the minute so the like money the government. <laughs> The government is a Ponzi scheme. I will stand by that at all times. The government is a huge Ponzi scheme with a massive spending problem, but nobody wants to, to listen to me rant about how much I hate the government on here. Yes, for a we're not a, pers- not a political show. Oh, it's yeah. not about politics. They're no, all terrible, yeah, and yeah, the government yeah. does a terrible job of managing money. Okay, back to the markets. <laughs> oh, wait, that was it? Well, yeah. There was no update. That was the lamest update ever. There is no there's, update. There's, there's no currently update. a big class action lawsuit getting together and trying to do some forensic accounting to find out where the money went to see if they can recover any of it from the owners of the business. Yes. So, and we can't talk too much in depth on that, but no, that's all we know at this point. Yeah. But you're you're okay with where you are. Uh, I had a the house free landlord product, which mm-hmm. was buying a house. 
So you just so, own a house. Now. And your dad so was buying the house. My worst case scenario came to pass and yeah. now I own the house. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, some people ended up with houses that were in shit shape mm-hmm. and very, you know, it's been difficult for everybody for sure. Yeah. Um, Except you. Uh, I, no, it's not been easy. Yeah. No, it's not been easy at all. But I I did the due diligence to pick a house in a place where I felt it might be okay afterwards. Right. So. So does this make you feel like this is one of those scenarios where diversification is really important? In what way? Well, like what if you're somebody who had $500,000 in this opposed oh. to one, purchased one house? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, totally. Right? Like, like, what? What if you had run and been like, "Oh, fifteen percent returns. I'm putting everything yeah. I have into that." Right? Yeah, no, that's that's a good point, right? And I think you guys have everyone's made fun of me for a long time about having like a, an investment, a little bit of investment of everything, <laughs> you own one of everything. Yeah. yeah, but and and a lot of them are so small they don't move the needle. It's irrelevant anyway. It was more of an interest project over the last few years. But yeah, I think you're absolutely right is, you know, I look at that deal and go, well, worst case scenario is I have to own the house. And I looked at the fund of flips they had and the other opportunities. And I was close because I had some capital that had been returned from a loan. I was like, well, there isn't much else going on. And then I just kind of held back and I was like, I don't want to add more money into that same entity, that, that same, same underlying risk. Yeah. Right. So I think that is. And there's a couple things here, right? There's there's the point where if it sounds too good to be true, it quite could well be. Yeah. You know, you might be the first in and the first out and you're okay. But if you're the last in, you're probably not getting out. Yeah. yeah. You know, so I think that's re- really careful. And I think we identified that as the, the underlying. You were the last in though, almost. Pretty close. Yeah. Yeah. You just happened to make, it to was- not move till you were happy. It was Wait the, for the right deal. It was right? the house that made the difference. Yeah. yeah. But just like the hard money lending, yeah, I, I, it really opened my eyes to the whole promissory note situation, right? Right. Yeah, and, you have like, no protection there. Yeah. And we've talked a lot about private lending on the show, right? Mm-hmm. And I still stand by it. But I think you have to be very, very careful and do your due diligence on that. And I really- And have collateral? Yeah. And you're not going to get it with a promissory note. No, but you do private lending where you do have collateral. Yes, where right? you're on title. Where you're on yeah. title, yeah. yeah that I mean, a big you, you're probably on title as the second position, mm-hmm. but but you, that's where you got to know what your loan to value is. And your and, legal process. And your legal process in the province. And that's one of the things that I've kind of shied away from some of the opportunities is because the loan to value right now is completely skewed because our real estate market has skyrocketed. 20, 30, 40% right. in the last year. So all of these people that are looking for consolidation debt loan look like they've got loan, loan to, value. to value. But if there's any kind of five, 10% correction, yeah, they don't. your loan to value is screwed. Oh, yeah. You're, yeah. So now do you have undeployed capital because of this market basically? Yeah. And, and are you looking to pivot away from it or? You bring up a great point. Yeah, I know. I was, that's why I asked the question. Yeah, I was thinking about this before the show, actually, is because to do the private lending with your RSP, you've got to open up a trust account. Right. Which is a pain in the ass. Absolutely. Because now you've got fees, pretty right. high fees for annual fees for a trust account, and you can't just put it in, uh, you know, ETF, like XEQT or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's in there in the trust. Waiting right? to be put to work. Waiting to be put to work. So, yes, I've been sitting on this, and it's painful Yeah. because you're like, you, I, I'm not going to take a bad deal just to get it doing something. Right. And 
not only is your capital undeployed, it's costing you. Yes. Yes, exactly. Right. Yeah. With inflation and the cost of fees and, and yeah, well, I mean, you could also turn around and say, luckily the way the market's gone in the last sort of seven months, it's kind of a wash, but it's also like the account brought up. It's diversified. It's away from my market holdings, but But, okay, go ahead. I was going to tell you what I plan to do with it is, and then hear that. Well, tell me what you're going to do with it and then I'll make my point. Then you go. Okay. So. I started looking at, because I haven't been happy with any of the private loan scenarios. So. Okay, before you tell us, because you're not going to forget that, w- are there any other options or is your only option within that trust account private lending? Well, I've been looking at MIX. Sorry. Mike's Mortgage Mix. Investment Corporations. Okay. MICs. How do you pronounce that? I say MIC. I say MIC too. Yeah, okay. Because a mic is what I'm talking into. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> so a mortgage investment corporation. Because okay. they are eligible for registered funds. Right. And at the end of the day, you're essentially doing private lending. But now it's done through a uh, basket Cons- of. Consolidated product. Basket of loans yeah. that somebody's managing and charging you yeah. fees on. Yeah. You can invest in the stock market out of your trust account? I can, but they it's a whole nother world of opening up a trading account with them and the fees right. are astronomical. Okay. Like it's yeah. not worth it. Oh, okay, what are you going to do? Well, I haven't done anything yet. I've started okay. thinking about doing mix. Okay. So, but that's like a whole show in itself is going through those because we know that some of those have gone bad because <laughs> whoever's managing that and the underlying loans that they're doing, yeah. Yeah. Know, what's what kind of risk are they taking on? So. Yeah. It's been a challenge because I'm just not quite sure. Like I'm tempted in a way just to move it all back out into Equestrade and just mm-hmm. stick it all back in ETFs in the market. Like right. just go all REITs at that point. Yeah. Who cares? You're still going to be real estate exposure. Right. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think, Count? Well. You're going to slam me with something anyway. So no, I wasn't going to slam you with something. <laughs> I was going to say on the whole like diversification thing, it's just interesting because we had the crash of 2020. That was a flash crash. Like it wasn't actually a recession. Yeah. Yeah. We had the crash of 2008 that was a recession, but it was pretty short lived. Mm -hmm. We're we're currently in a downturn, but it's not enough for the government to do anything about it and drop rates and prop up the market. You have runaway inflation. So rates can't really get dropped. They probably have to go the other way. Like we might be facing the first real legitimate multi-year recession of the past 15 to 20 years. Well, yeah. War. And potentially World War Three. What's it good for? Yeah. Like, you look at the circumstances and it's like, all of a sudden, all these laggard things that I had sitting in my portfolio that people were like, well, why don't you just go all US equities, all tech, all whatever. It's like, <laughs> oh, those oil stocks that haven't done anything in 10 years just blew up and are making up for all of my losses in other areas. Yeah. And like, like you say with your diversification, right? Like, one thing fails, like everything has its day in the sun. Yeah. And we might finally be seeing a shift to, you know, value might be coming back. Whatever it is, like oil's had a big run. Yeah. I think a lot of people, like a lot of the investing crap you hear, like people haven't been through market cycles. I mean, so, he- heck, I've, I'm 32. I probably haven't been through enough market cycles to really know yeah. what's going on. Yeah. Sorry, I missed your point. Oh, well, he went on such a long-winded tangent about his stupid Mick that my point was when I earlier asked him about diversification and if he liked that he hadn't put a bunch of money in that, right? Right. Because, you know, today's loser is tomorrow's winner. So, what do you think he should do with his money in his trust account? Well, 
the fees cause the problem, right? Uh, depends on the returns. Depends on the returns. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to I'm not going to trade in that account. I'll move the money out of it. Like I'll wait until Questrade has a deal to like bring your RSP here and we'll pay the transfer fees. Right. Like I'll you know, that's not a big deal. And like the annual fee for the account is like 150 bucks. So Oh, that's not actually on a, that bad. Yeah, on a percentage of what's in there, it's not an issue. Right. Right? Like and you can the returns I've made in there with that, I'm okay. Like it can it can erode a little bit of it, but So then I guess the question you have to ask yourself is is the risk of having a MIC not be run properly and default greater than the risk of having your money on some sideline on the sidelines while you wait for a deal that's actually worth doing? Yeah, well, that's a super good question, right? And that's the hard part to know there is what is the lending environment going to look like moving forward in the next year or two with potential rates going up? And who knows what our property market is going to do, right? Like, this is all Canadian-centric property, okay. right? How much on your last deal, what was your interest rate? Do you remember? Ish. Uh, yeah, I'm just, uh, I think it was 13 or 14. Oh, yeah. And the act, like, a interest from a bank is probably about one then. So, 12%. Do you think if you know, the bank interest rate goes up to 5%. Do you think you're getting 17 private lending or do you think it's going to stay around the same? I think it goes up. I don't think it goes up in lockstep, Yeah, but I think it goes up. Like hard money is going to go up as well for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I, the problem, the problem is, is that so much of the analysis that you do as a lender is based on the loan to value. And some of the properties that I've looked at to lend on, it's just a skewed value. I just look at them like, I can't justify it being worth that. Like there's no way because I do the, I think of it from my risk point of view as my worst case scenario is having to own that house and trying to sell it or rent it out or or rent it, rent it or sell it. Yeah. Right. And it's like, you look at some of the numbers on these places and the account, you made a great point. We were talking about one of them that was in Alberta. And I think we actually maybe mentioned it on the show. And he's like, there's tons of land in Alberta. Why would you want to own a single family in a smaller community in Alberta because they just punch out new subdivisions all the time. Yeah. Right. So you've got risk in that. So yeah, it's just, it's been a difficult one and there actually hasn't been a lot coming up. Counterpoint. Yeah. The cost of building now is astronomical. That's a fair point. The cost of building now is astronomical. That's a fair point. Yeah. Yeah. But it's tough too, because you look at like the house across the street from my rental just sold. And for what it sold for, I know what the current rents are. I know the people who currently own the house and sold it. Yeah. So there's tenancies in place and they're buying it as an investment. So they're not moving in based on landlord rules in BC. You can't pick, kick those people out. The rent falls short of covering the mortgage by about $500 a month Ooh. based on what it sold for with 20% down. That's a lot. Wow. So then you also have property taxes, utilities, repairs, and maintenance. That's the economics of that is somebody who's buying that house, assuming that it's going to go up again, 25% next year. Right. No one who actually analyzes real estate would look at that and say that's a smart decision to buy that house. Mm -hmm. Maybe it'll work out for them. Maybe it won't. But there's only one road to profit on that. And it's massive capital appreciation. Right. So I just where like the numbers just don't make sense anymore. Maybe maybe rents go up 60%, but then you can't raise them 60%. But people can afford now. Were those market rents? Like they, were they earning close to market? Close to market. So yeah. So you're not going to make it up just, uh, just status magically. quo. Yeah. Yeah. 
So I, I just don't know where it goes from there. Like it doesn't make fiscal sense. You know what I like about black IPAs? They're like six and a half percent. So by the time I'm done half of it, I'm feeling better and I'm liking it more. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's the way, only way you like them. I'm starting to like this. <laughs> you guys made me talk a lot. So I'm drinking. Good. You should drink. You earned a, you earned a union break. <laughs> <laughs> excellent. Excellent. Yeah. I don't know. I, well, it's interesting because accountant, you know, you know, I banter. We should, we really need to have microphones while we're brewing now, apparently. Yeah. Economist, you got to come over when we're just brewing beer right? because that's when the bullshit happens now. That's, yeah, that's yeah. the true bullshit. <laughs> um, you're, you're not bullish on property anymore. No. Anywhere? Any type? I shouldn't say I'm not bullish on property. I, I'm not touching anything personally myself. I could be very wrong, but. Oh, yeah. This show is for entertainment, entertainment purposes, purposes only. only. <laughs> this yeah. is our opinion. But I've I've gone through, in the last year, I've probably gone through 80 properties in Victoria, and I've made offers on 10 to 15, and the amount that I've been outbid by, and like my numbers were tight on what my offer was, on if I can make it work. And a lot of them, I was planning on going in and adding extra units. Mm-hmm. So like, I maybe the numbers make sense for other people for other reasons. Sounds like you're frustrated rather than bullish, not bullish. Yeah, sounds could be. It it's just so tough cuz you can say like it's not worth that, but things are worth whatever people are willing to pay. And like maybe that house that I'm talking about where with 20% down, it wasn't going to make the numbers work. Maybe they had 60% down and it's like a very low The numbers like, still don't work. They're still getting all <laughs> on their 60% down. Numbers don't work. No, I understand the numbers don't work, but maybe but that's place the to like hide ex- cash. hiding cash in a very low return area, but that you think is inflation adjusted yeah. and it's your low risk play. And that's what you're comfortable with your low risk play, mm-hmm. right? Like we don't know everybody's scenario, so I can't right. speak to that. But I'm just saying from my point of view, the returns make zero sense. Mm-hmm. Going Going in with minimum down required and running it as a... Revenue or rent- revenue. revenue rental. Yeah. 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 If you're like, I think like you both make a good point there. I think if people have sitting on a big lump sum and they're like, well, what do I do with this? I don't believe, I don't trust the market volatility right now. So I don't want to put it there. Um, Toronto, Vancouver, Victoria, like there's good real estate in Canada, period. I don't care if that money's parked in there for 20 years. I'm yeah. okay with sticking 300K at, at a house that, like you said, the numbers don't really work, but. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, and then it's a, it's a bad financial decision, but maybe that's the decision they want to make from like a low risk point of view. Well, but I'm also just perplexed on it because on the flip side of that too, like if you gave me a piece of land in Victoria, gave it to me, like what? I'm going to be $750,000 into building like a stock average three bedroom house. Yeah. Like that's realistically the building costs. Yeah. So, yeah, average house prices in the city are over a million dollars. Of course they are. You can't build for less than that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just the economics don't make sense for, like, a single detached house. No. No, not at all. So, any changes in market portfolios? How's options trading going? It's fine. I haven't had much time to do much of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've uh, learned, retirement's tough. <laughs> yeah, I, I've learned what happens when interactive brokers think you're getting close to a margin call. What happens? They text you persistently, and it's really annoying. So, okay, how did you get close to a margin call? 
Oh, really? But, yeah, story time. <laughs> you brought is, it up. Is this like the <laughs> the money mechanic divulges all? <laughs> well, we need details. Details. Well, so the details are I was an inexperienced option trader who oh. listened too much to the accountant. <laughs> sure. Don't, don't listen. I'm not, no, I'm not throwing you under the bus. I'm just saying don't listen to your friends. Yeah. And there's another listener of the show who also I text with that, not that I took any of his advice. I didn't take any of your advice either, but it's easy to get wrapped up in. So you had options exercise? Premium only. Oh, got hammered. Got Ex- hammered. On exercise. Yeah. Sized options. Mar- yeah. Market starts going down. Yeah. You start getting exercised. I wasn't um, knowledgeable enough of how to roll out of positions, mm-hmm. whether it was extending them into the future or, or what that looked like. Or, you know what? Just taking a loss, because we've talked about that on the show before, is we're really bad at just <laughs> accepting a loss, right? Yeah. That's Sometimes the worst thing. You is, lose. Yeah. You look at it and you're like, ah, I'll just let it get exercised rather than take the hit for $400. Right. And then you're looking now, you're like, that 400s turned into like 1200. <laughs> but yes, so basically I, a lot of things got exercised. A lot of bigger uh, value stocks got exercised. And then some of the ones, I mean, you and I have, I'm looking at you account. We share some of the same holdings and they're what down. What do we share? Well, oh, Palantir. That's yeah, not called sure. numbers, but yeah, we're down like 50% on those ones. I'm down 50% on Palantir yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, but what happens is it ties up a ton of your capital. Yeah. Right. And the margin rates are fantastic at interactive brokers. Mm-hmm. So at the same time as I was using that to buy options, I was also buying index funds. <laughs> right. <laughs> he was double dipping. Because I'm like, well, of course I want some VTI. Who yeah. doesn't want VTI? So I'm like, oh, and VXUS looks really nice too. So I'm like loading up. And then all of a sudden I'm like, I wasn't even in the margin. And then things went really sideways. And then I was in the margin. Right. <laughs> in a big way. Yeah. And so yeah. that's fine. It's all part of it, right? And yeah. I have structured it well enough. I had some naked puts on good Canadian companies that pay dividends that were exercised, and I'm happy to own them. I'm really happy that I own Enbridge and PPL and Algonquin and Suncor and some of that stuff in there. And their dividends are enough to pay for the margin. The margin. Yeah. So this is not a stress. But what happens when the market keeps going down yeah. is, <laughs> is like, you yeah. You get called. Yeah. Well, you get close to it, right? And yeah. so like w- when you get within, I don't know, there's a percentage, obviously. Depending there's on, a percentage, yeah. Because it's not like I've stopped doing options trading. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so there's still yeah. like outstanding puts. And when you write a naked put, you've got to cover that amount basically, right? right? Yeah. So yeah, interactive brokers and... So they texted you? They said they text me, right? They text me. So I wake up and I have like airplane mode because the account wakes up at like 4 a.m. and texts me. So <laughs> I do not wake up at 4 a.m. <laughs> it's like 6. It's, so I wake up. A reasonable time yeah, to wake that's up. That's a pretty reasonable time to wake up. <laughs> yeah. But I click off airplane mode. I'm like, oh, three messages from interactive brokers. Well, that's an awesome way to start the day. <laughs> Slightly stressful, eh? Yeah, so it's like off to the computer to see what's happening in the, in the account. <laughs> so what do they say? You're close? Uh, they just say, uh, it says, I can't remember now, it says one or more of your positions are approaching a margin call situation or whatever, and you log in. They actually give you a ton of warning. Right. Because like, yeah, they give you a ton of warning. It's like you still have like three to 5K of net liquidity. Yeah. Like you're not that close, but when you have multiple holdings yeah. that have gone sideways or down in the last yeah. month. Yeah, so it was, uh, it's been interesting. And I think that's... No I wonder will, he's back at work. Yeah. <laughs> that's exactly what I was going to say. The hardest part was, you know, when I used to do my shift work, like go away for a couple yeah. of weeks, I knew I had an income. And it's like, you can just 
fire some cash at the problem. Right. Whereas when you don't have that, there's no cash to fire <laughs> the problem, right? So, uh, yeah, no, it's it's been interesting. I, I'm not concerned about the market yeah. downturn. I think there's enough. I have a solid enough core portfolio that the ones that I'm stuck with now, I'm not thrilled that I'm stuck with them. Mm-hmm. I, I It's an interesting one because the accountant and I talked about at Brewing too is like, you're going to take a loss and I'm going to be the guy that holds. I don't know if I'm necessarily going to take a oh, loss. Okay, yeah. So that's the hard part, right? Is like, do you just go... Well, because it's capital, it's tied up doing nothing. Right. So, and we all know the math of how long it takes things have to go up. They don't have to go back to where they were. They have to go like 110% to get back, yeah. right? So it's like, yeah, I don't know. Interesting times. Do you have another beer? I do. Good. Yeah. You guys making it's, me talk a lot. It's time to get it. Yeah, it's I know. beer time. I need, we need new glasses after this one. These glasses are tainted. Yeah. Black, black glasses. Grab the jars from the brewing club or cupboard. Where's that? Under the sink. Grab the jars. You know where the jars are. I know where the jars are. All right. I get to solo podcast for a little bit here. <laughs> Jake, drop a fart so I got something funny to talk about. Well, listeners, it looks like we might not have a technical failure this time because we're 45 minutes in and it's still recording. So that's exciting. I got the boys doing the work and uh, me and the dogs are just chilling in the garage. So it's uh, it's not terrible. Oh, it's like full like bathroom break, full intermission going on. Is it? Yeah, what's he doing out there? What you got? He didn't even bring the beer. Fail. What's he doing? Never know what he's doing out there. I know. You were just talking to yourself, weren't you? Yeah, well, I was trying to. Ooh. I got bored with myself pretty quick. We got SOB Brewing? Who's SOB? Springboard. Oceanside Brewing. Souk Oceanside. IPA. Walk deep into the forest and you'll feel it. The sense of walking through history. Colossal tree stumps seem cut impossibly high, standing like monuments to forests of giants. Today we stand on their shoulders. Our great-grandfathers stood on springboards. Because they're from soup. Is that prologging or against logging? It's prologging. It's prologging. He's the logger guy right there. There's a logger right on the bottle. Yeah, Yeah, he's on the springboard. It is kind of cool. Like I, you know, we've all hiked out in the forest here, and like these huge giant stumps, and like there's the cut still in it from the springboard. Yeah, and you're like, so these guys use like two guys with a handsaw. Yeah, yeah, back and forth cutting this unbelievable hundred years ago logging with something else. You mean it didn't involve helicopters? No, not so much. You look really tense with him pouring the beer. Like, you look concerned. Well, he keeps slamming stuff on the table, and it's super loud. I, I see you're upset about that. <laughs> super loud. Number one way to upset the mechanic, slam things on the table it, when recording. It renders this whole podcast irrelevant. I quit. <laughs> I quit. We know you quit. <laughs> Didn't we talk about that? Yeah. <laughs> well, quitting's not awesome. What do you mean quitting's not awesome? Okay, so this is one of the comments I saw the other day on social media. was like, this person's like, blah, 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 I'm going to quit. Da, 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 I got all the stuff. And then I got everything figured out. And so my comment was, what are you going to do when you quit? Yeah. Okay. And that's what you get from people is silence. They're like, well, I won't be bored. Uh, <laughs> that's not an answer. It's not an answer. And it's not whether you're going to be bored or not. What are you going to do? Well, I still stand by only boring people will be bored. Yeah, but... 
honestly. But what are you going to do? You got to have something. Like seriously, I I mean, I've basically had the luxury of not working very much in the last sort of four or five months, yeah. and you got to do stuff. What do you? And do? and I have stuff what do you to do. do? <laughs> but no, but the thing, yeah. but the thing is, I have stuff to do. Yeah. But it can't just be the stuff that you do. Right. You got to. You know, like you got to adventure take on new challenges yeah exactly right yeah. i mean maybe that's your thing maybe you've got a whole list of stuff that you want to do right uh, maybe it's a family thing and you've got kids and you're going to be super busy and that's great too but you know if you're a single person and you know your wife for your husband's still working or whatever you got to figure out what you're going to do and i think you need to it, it's it's kind of sad to say it but it's almost more satisfying when you make money doing it right I get you know there what is I mean? something rewarding about that. There's yeah. just I it's hard to go from being somebody that's so interested in finance and and working hard to optimize and save and invest and all the rest of it and then go, huh, I'm just a philanthropist now and I don't need to earn <laughs> anyway. Especially when you're getting margin calls. Yeah. <laughs> Real hard to be a philanthropist when you're getting margin calls. I bet calls. you Bill Gates wouldn't be as big a philanthropist if he was getting texts about margin calls. <laughs> yeah. He probably also wouldn't risk his entire Microsoft position. So screw you! What are you talking about? You say I risk everything. <laughs> I was too conservative at the beginning of the episode. Now I'm too aggressive. Nobody, we we decided you were not too conservative. No, okay, uh, yeah. clearly fair. Uh, skunk, West Coast skunky, very skunky, skunkiness. Did you read the? Uh, well, you read the Springboard. Does it have the hop list in there? Can I? Yeah. Go ahead. He's gotten a little snobby since we've started brewing, hasn't he? Is that he? right? Yeah. Well, have you noticed? No. Oh, he's very sniffy on all his beers and yeah. like, oh, I don't you like. Won't, you won't just drink a why did pack. Why did they put mosaic in that? That's just stupid. <laughs> <laughs> you do not have to divulge our brewing secrets. <laughs> what happens during brewing stays in the So garage. what did you find out when you read the label? Probably nothing. Zero, because they've, they've listed, they've lifted uh, water, malt, hops, and yeast on the one side with no information. Okay. So, yeah. That, yeah. Maybe you peel this back. That'd be like the fun <laughs> thing to do. Peel it back and have the recipe. What do you think? Um, It's not great. No. That's what I thought. <laughs> you know, so we've had problems bottling our beer. Could it just be a bad bottled beer? That's the question you need to ask yourself these days. What do you mean? For all the non-brewers on online here well we if we knew what was going wrong with the bottles it wouldn't still be going so wrong. it tastes good out of the tap but out of out of the keg our beers are fine out of the bottle they are garbage well garbage them? is strong all okay of them? some of them are fine. good some all of them, them are fine no not all of them not all of them but like the same batch will be good out yes of yes and bad out of a bottle huh now that's what i'm saying is depending on when this was made where you got it from how long it sat in, in light how long it was refrigerated whether the cap was tight enough you know there's a lot of factors that go into a bottle and i think that it's difficult to judge any beer out of a bottle as 100 percent representative of what came out of that batch of beer right right fair to say probably fair well, to say hopefully this was a bad bottle of beer <laughs> it's it's not terrible it's just pretty bitter it's a west coast ipa for sure but i don't get that i don't know lightness well west coast they, they bittered the crap out of this. Well, like this got this got overly dry hopped. Too long in the whirlpool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would just say it doesn't taste like a West Coast IPA. West Coast is usually more bitter like this. West, West more, Coast isn't fruity. I don't know, man. 
it's not as bright as I think of West Coast stuff. Well, we'll have to have SOB on to uh, give us the rundown. Do we know them? They're brewers. They're easy to know. Buy, <laughs> buy a few beers from them and chat them up. Yeah. All right. Let's wrap this up, boys. Anything else to chat about? Economist, you haven't told us much. Oh, wait. Usual, didn't you but... want to talk about the uh, economy or something? Well, too late for that. That's a whole nother show. Oh, okay. I mean, what's to say? Well, what is there to say about the economy? It's Everybody's mortgage rate went up. Some stuff. Nobody's interest rate went up. I love it when the people are posting them. I'm like, do we just send emails to EQ Bank to get them to rise, raise their interest rates? <laughs> it's like, it's not happening. Yeah. The, I mean, and if you're counting that as like a source of income, then yeah, <laughs> that's just where your emergency fund sits. If you need an right? emergency fund, yeah. And honestly, compared to other banks, they're overpaying. So yeah, they don't need to raise the rates. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I, you know, what's interesting is I think, you know, the economy, I don't really have much to say on that, but feeling kind of a little, maybe I need to get back into it a bit, but you know, the whole like credit cards are all the same. Everything's kind of just dialed in. It is what it is. I yeah. don't really worry about it. You know, yeah. there's only so much optimizing you can do. There's only so much. Yeah. You know, I guess that's. Then that, you just got to brew beer. Then, just, <laughs> then we've got to optimize our beer brewing. Yeah. yeah. Optimize your your beer consuming by brewing. Yeah, the consuming and the brewing are different animals. Yeah. yeah. The, well, they go hand in hand, but not yeah. in a good direction. It's hard to stockpile. <laughs> it's hard to stockpile well, for the, you. The thing about beer is it doesn't last. Yeah, you can get three, four months out of it. Yeah, but it's not like uh, if you had a still. That's fair. Right? So maybe you should look into this. You know, I, I was going to say, are you suggesting we get a still? You know, I am. Both our brew kettles can be turned into distillation. Really? Yes. Well, that's exciting. You should look into that. Yes. Us. Yeah. Because <laughs> that'll last. You can stockpile. Yeah. Well, that's kind of where we're at is stockpiling. It's either stockpiling or commodities. Maybe commodities are the new uh, currency of exchange in the future. Not Bitcoin? No. Ah, don't go the crypto route. Maybe it's energy. But Maybe I thought it was a, I thought it was a great inflation hedge. I thought it was going to solve all it, our problems. It, it will. Really? Yeah. Oh, how well, Bitcoin done since he called it a great inflation hedge? I, uh, screw you. I never I said it was it's a, in the dumpster. <laughs> I never said it was a great. I said could it be? Is it? Maybe. <laughs> I never said it was. Jeez, twisted words. No wonder I quit this show. <laughs> all right, well we'll probably we'll probably be back. <laughs> <laughs> we don't send emails anymore because that was too difficult for the account. And uh, <laughs> yeah, it was legitimately was. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but chances you know, are good. Till next time, chances are good. We're gonna drink beer, so once in a yeah. while we'll uh, pull out the microphones. Amen. Good night. Sayonara. Good luck out there. <laughs> <laughs>